gosh, how exciting. Getting our own place. I'm thrilled. Thrilled. Nice. So what me and Melissa, have, uh, we pledged up until November. So what we're going to do is we're going to work out how much we're going to pledge from the f in the five months after that, uh, up until uh, to April, and, and that's what we'll do. So we'll work out, okay, what do we want to be giving in that five months? So that's that's what we're, um, ha how I'm processing it at least, to be able to work out my budget. Um, cool. Now, so we got part two of the series. We started a series last week called Heart or Hand, and we really spoke about how God doesn't just want your hand he wants your heart and 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 how easy it is for us to actually come to God just with our hand where, where God actually wants your heart and if he actually has your heart then he gets your hand as well and and this morning I want to flip it around and speak about God's heart or his hand and we seeking him for his hand or are we seeking him for his heart and, and uh, just before we get started I have to let you know that if we seek God for his heart we get his hand as well but too, e too often we will seek God for his hand and, and often we will start to seek God for his hand. And you know what? He's totally okay with that. He's totally okay with you coming to him for his hand. Can I, there's a story in, um, in Luke's gospel. I'm going to read it uh, from Luke 15, 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, he was there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to uh, to be in need. He went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'll no longer be worthy. And he goes on and he goes to his father and his father receives him with open arms. His heart's desire was not to go home and reconnect with his dad. His heart's desire was not to go home and say, I love my dad so much. What have I done? I've broken this relationship. I've broken this trust. Let me just try and rebuild it and restore that relationship. No, that wasn't his heart's desire. In his heart, he went there for his dad's hand. He went there for what his dad could give him. He went there for the physical resources that his dad could provide. He actually didn't even care about coming back into the family. His, he had no, his mindset was not even that I'm going to come back and be a family member. His mindset was, I'm going to become, I'm going to come back and get paid by my dad. That was his mindset. The dad received him with open arms. So God's got no problem with us connecting with him at a point of need. I came back to God. I grew up in church. I loved Jesus. I, my parents raised me so well to understand God and his love for me. And, 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 and there was a certain point where I went and squandered everything in wild living. And just like this guy, came a point where I'm like, my life sucks. And I can tell you that I didn't think I need to go and find Jesus and get healing in my heart and love. For, nah, I, what I, I, I just was like, my life sucks so bad. I wanted to die. And I just was like, anything is better than this. Anything, surely, is better than this. I had no other options left. I figured, God, you will do. That's how I came to God. There's no romantic, lovely hearts wanting to connect it was just i was in need and god could provide a need 
and that was where I came to God. And that's, he's got no problem meeting you there. He's got a problem with you staying there. He's got a problem with you staying there. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. God wants us to not stop at his hand. He wants us to go on to his heart. Now, there's this amazing guy in the Bible, probably my favorite character apart from Jesus, because I have to say Jesus because I'm like holy and stuff. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that in there. David. David was, now growing up, if you grew up in church, my, uh, my, my church kids will know this, Joshua, you know this. David was the man. David was the one who went out, he would like rock giants in the head, cut their heads off, go to battle, kill bulk people, all this cool stuff. He was the man. And, and like, and you would, uh, I remember even reading comic books about David. It was just like, he is every little boy's favorite Bible character. Even when I get bored and can't read the Bible, I go back to read the stories of David rocking people in the head and chopping, like, just like if I know there's, uh, the, the Bible's just too dry and it's not working for me. Come on, you have those times too. I go back and read about David. Anyway, this guy, it, this is the most beautiful description of him in, in Acts. Uh, and it says this, it's like, uh, after removing Saul, uh, he made David their king. He's talking about God made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Uh, in, in the Passion Translation, it puts it like this. After removing him, God raised up David to be king. For God said of him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man who always pursues my heart and will accomplish all that I have destined him to do. What distinguished David was he pursued the heart of God. He was after God's heart. He, he cared about connection with God. He, connect, he cared about connection with God. And the outworking of that connection was, it says here that he will do everything I want him to do. Which sounds a bit sort of worksy for those who are got a sort of a little bit of a theological background. Works is where you do stuff to connect with God. You do stuff to make God happy. You do stuff to be closer to God. And it sounds a bit like that. But I love how the passion sort of emphasizes it more. It says he will accomplish what all, all that I have destined him to do. The stuff God's got for you to do, it's not to be better. It, it's because it's God wants to give to you. He's got an amazing life for you. He's got an amazing plan for your life, and he wants you to wor outwork it. See, because when you win, he wins. He wants you to win because he wins. You know that there's places all through the Bible where God wants to use his people to shine so brightly that it points people to him. And so... But the, Jesus was pretty clear about this topic, though, this idea. Listen to this. This is Jesus talking about heart, okay? This is Jesus talking about us loving God, our heart being connected with God's heart, going after the personal connection, that personal relationship with, with God. And, and he says this in John's Gospel, uh, chapter 14. Jesus replied, uh, verse 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make a home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. He's so clear. So anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. We can't separate a love for God with an obedience to God. You can't with one breath say, I love God. 
and then the next pick and choose what you follow of 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 the word you can't do it that actually shows that you actually don't love god it's not me that says it jesus says it. it's not even him that says it he says it's the father that said that jesus is like he's i just did a disclaimer jesus did a disclaimer he's like it's not me <laughs> i'm saying it's not me jesus is saying it's not me this is from the father himself he's saying hey guys this is the metric that i can actually see your heart i can see your heart and this is the metric that god can use to see our heart he can see it by our obedience and this isn't to make us feel guilty this isn't to make us do the right thing because you know what <laughs> there are a lot of people that do the right thing that still haven't connected with the heart of god doing the right thing also doesn't cut it we, we were reading about that that guy who left his dad and sp- spent everything and then we get to meet his brother we get we get to meet his brother it says when he came to says no one gave him anything then he came to his senses so that's a real key right there you got people who aren't coming to their senses don't give them anything don't give them anything then they'll come to their senses they will say hang on i need help oh you do fancy that i will help you this is you get that one for free <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 15, 20 years working, helping people recover from addiction. That's my best piece of advice. I'm not pointing the finger. I've got four pointing back at me. That's how I got helped. That was the thing that helped me. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my fathers? And he, I'll go back. And But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion, ran and threw his arms around the son and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, quick, bring out the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the cat, fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast to celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost but is found. They began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He came near the house. He heard music and dancing. He he, He heard the dancing. That's pretty radical. He heard the music and dancing. Some people say the music's too loud in church. Like, well, I think God likes it loud. He heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. The, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. Uh, so his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, but you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, has squ- who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill a fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. got a note here that says if you live for the hand you lose both if you live for the hand of god you lose both his hand and his heart and i don't mean that god withdraws it you can't see it you can't see it because actually it started off you might remember 
how we started this, this, this story. It says this. The younger said to the father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. He divided his property between the two sons. This son did not recognize. He was so caught up with doing the stuff for his dad. He was so caught up behaving himself, being a good boy. So caught up being resentful, slaving when his mindset was, I'm slaving for you. He was so bitter about what he was doing. He did not recognize that the father had given him, already released to him his half of the estate. He was so caught up in what the dad had given his brother. He was so caught up in wanting stuff, wanting these things, so caught up in behaving himself, so caught up in being obedient. And hey, that's good stuff, obedience, behave, that they're good things. But when it's done without heart, that's called religion. That, that's called religion. And it's poisonous and it's destructive. And this brother missed out on the fact he was living on his own property. But I love what the dad says when his son, when he, when he complained. He says this, he says in verse 31, he says, My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. The dad's first thing is like, but we're together. We're together. You're worried about the stuff, but we're, we're together. He's been out of the family. I've been, we've been feeling sorry for him. He's the one been missing out. We're together. This is all ours. This is yours. No, this is... But the son, the older brother, even though he was living in this amazing opportunity, this amazing environment, it's like it was raining, but he had an umbrella and was complaining about not getting wet. And this is God wants us to not just do the right thing to be obedient to him. He wants us to connect with him heart to heart. He doesn't want us just to come to him so he'll heal us. He doesn't want us to come to him so he'll free us from addiction, so he'll get us out of the debt we're in, so he'll restore our marriage. So he's got no problem with you coming to him for that, but he doesn't want you to stay there. If you stay there, you're missing out. If you stay there, you are just, you're, you're slaving away to get something that you've already got. It, it goes on, and, and, and this is where yeah, God really gets specific, and, and, he, and, he's, and he puts his finger right on the bit. And for most of us, that bit is our bank account. And, and, and like people say, oh, the, Bible, the church always talks about money. It's like, well, no, we just talk about the Bible. It's the Bible that actually talks about money so much. And the reason that God talks about money is because this is the contest that the world has with God. This is like where our trust is here. God's saying, no, your trust needs to be here. And we refuse on so many accounts. We refuse. We like to be able to control our own destinies. We like to be able to control our own security. We like to be in control of our life. And God's saying, I want your trust to be in me, not in yourself. So I just want to show you 
how we, I, th- I can look to the hand of God or to the heart of God. It says here in Matthew 6, 22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. What does that mean? It's how you see. How do you see the world? How do you see life? The older brother saw he was living on his own property. He was living in, a, in an abundance of his own land. Every, he, was in, he was the boss. But he didn't see that. His eyes were unhealthy, so his environment was unhealthy. His processing of it was unhealthy. His experience was unhealthy. And this is saying here, if your eyes are healthy, your life will be healthy. If you are seeing things correctly, you're seeing God correctly. And it goes on, and it's if uh, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the Passion puts that verse 24 like this. It says, how can you worship two gods at the same time? It doesn't even muck around. It just straight out calls it. Money is a god for you. Money is a god for the world. How can you worship two gods at the same time? You'll either hate one and love the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. A really good way to understand and to, to even do a self-check on this is look at what is my relationship like with money? What is it like? Do I stress out at the topic of bills? Is this fight time at home? I mean, heated discussion, uh, intense discussion time at home. Is this the time where we, s- you know, wh- what's going on there? You're hating it. You're hating it. It says if you are trying to serve two gods, you're going to be hating one, loving the other. And, and, and it's not saying you don't love God. It's not saying you're not after his heart. It's saying you, your eyes aren't healthy. Your, your view is not healthy. You need to grow in this area. So that's a really good metric for us. Some people, they just talk, I don't care about money. And it's just, but it's actually, they just like, they blank out. They just ignore it. They just, it's too painful of a topic. And so they don't register with it. I just don't do it. Some of you got a pile of bills like this. You just put it there because I'm like, la la la. Because it's just your, un- your relationship with money is so unhealthy because you just, you just can't go there. The pain is, is too much. And that's saying that you're actually struggling here at trying to serve two masters. You're in that point where you've come to God and God's you, you started that journey with him and that's awesome. But he wants to take you further and he says, hey, there's a wrestle going on right now. And until you make a decision in your life, you're going to be stuck at this point. You're going to be stuck at this point. And with Malachi talks, it says this to him, like it's a way of actually... Um, directly challenging this heart and and again with money is is and this is what I've, I've got here the second metric is obedience without trust is slavery obedience without trust is slavery you'll be doing the right thing but hating it you'll be doing the right thing but hating it like the older brother was like when we're wrestling with our finances when we're we're doing the right stuff but it's not fun Malachi says this, ever since the time, this is God speaking through the prophet Malachi, every time, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have, re- you have turned away from me. It's like Pastor Adele was saying, just pray, 
you want to read the Old Testament, it's literally a cycle of repent, God blesses, rebellion, life sucks, repent, God blesses, restores, blesses, rebellion, repentance, God blesses. It's just, because they never went to his heart. Whenever stuff would go good, back off, awesome. And then things that suck, go for the hand of God. God rescues, things suck, you, you get proud. And, and <laughs> honestly, this is, you get this for free too. God, you, you, when we come home to God, life sucks often or in different areas. And then we start doing things God's way and then life gets better. Then when life gets better, for some reason we think we don't have to do it God's way anymore. And then life starts to suck again. And then we're like, oh, so it's, it's just like, okay, you might be trying to lose weight and you're doing things right, you're eating healthy, you're exercising. Now I'm at the, the weight I'd like to be at. Cool, don't have to do that now. <laughs> Done. Tick that box. It's not going to be long before you find yourself back in the same circumstances. And it's exactly the same with God. It's exactly the same with the people of Israel. It's exactly the same with you and me. And we're at this point here where, where God's actually s- calls us on it. He calls us on it. And he says here, you, you always are doing this. And, and he says, return to me. And um, in, in this place here, it says, uh, but you ask, how will we return? Verse 8, will a mere mortal rob God? So well, hang on, what? Hang on, we were talking about being connection. And he's like, you, you're robbing me. He's like, w- w- will you rob God? He said, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, there, there's certain things God says are his. There are certain things that in the Bible that God says are his. One of the things is the first 10% of our income. Another thing is the glory of his. He, that, that's like, like he, he said he won't share his glory with another. Like I was just going through like this week at work, uh, something went wrong. And, and it was like, oh, I was so down. I was so down. And, and what went wrong? I was trying to help someone and, and, I did, and they wouldn't, you know, it was a, we did everything we could. And then all of a sudden it didn't work out. And I was so down. And um, I really got thinking, and yeah, I was disappointed that the person didn't get the help they, that they needed, but what I was actually really upset about was that I failed. I was like, oh, I didn't get the job done, you know? And, and for a guy, that, that's a big thing for us, is we didn't, you know, we're either, and, and, that, and I recognized that, I was just like, oh, wow. And then, you know, as pastors, we take it personally sometimes when church is not real full, you know? And it's like we actually, oh, and we feel like we've let God down. We've let, we feel like we've failed. And then our God was speaking to me, and he's like, well, let's just flip it around. So if the church was full, would you think you're amazing? But you did awesome. And I would, there's no way I would say that. But if I actually think it's my fault when it's empty, then I actually think it's my, my how good am I when it's full? And God's like, you know, I won't share my glory with you. I won't. Don't touch what's mine. And here he's talking about the tithe, and, and he says, that's mine. Don't touch it. And he goes on, and, he's, and he talks about this idea of when we give him our finances, we give him our heart, we reconnect with him when we put him right in the area of finances. Why? Because that is the other God that this world fights with. That's the God, like, and, and he says, like, when you're not doing things my way, you're in rebellion. You're actually fighting. You, you're serving two gods. And he's like, I won't share my glory with another. I won't share, like, I won't share my kids with another. And 
You know, then we talk and then we read about the, the blessing that's attached to the tithe. And seriously, you want to have fun with how good God is. Get into tithing. Read about it. Start doing it. And you will watch God just explode blessings in your life. It doesn't mean there won't be challenges, but it will mean you will win those challenges and you'll come out with flying colors. That's not me. That's the Bible says that. And this is something that, you know, we say over and over again. And like Melissa was saying earlier when we talked, she was doing, our, our, you know, encourages us with our giving, how she, we love to see that side of it. Personally, for me, I, like that's awesome and it's a benefit. My thing is, is like, God says it, so I do it because I love him and okay. I'm just like, yeah, fine. I'll no, I don't stress about it because I know he will supply the difference and so it's not an issue. It just And like, you know, it, it's like David said, you found a man after God's own heart will do whatever I said. And, and, and we're able just to walk with God. Okay, I love you, God. You called me to do this. Sweet. Oh, there's a benefit to it. Awesome. But because I trust his nature, I know that he's not ripping me off anyway. So I can just walk with him in a way that is fluid. And he says it, so I do it. And he does what he says he will do. This perfect covenant that Pastor Adele was talking about through the communion message. And this is what he's calling us into, this relationship. He doesn't want us to stop at the front door. He doesn't want us to come home and say, Dad, I need stuff. I'm happy to stop here. I'm happy to stay out at this level. He's, he wanted to go on the dad's property. His plan was to move to the dad's property, stay in this section of the, the quarters, in the shearer's quarters or whatever, and then, but get fed enough so he's out of that discomfort, but he's happy to be here. But the dad's like, no, I'll call you to more than that. I want you in the house. I want you with me. You're not supposed to stop at the front. You're not supposed to stop here. Don't stop at my hand. Come to my heart. And when we have the heart, we have everything. When we have the heart, we realize we're standing on our own land. When we have the heart, we realize we've got our Father in heaven with us. And everything he calls us to do to be obedient isn't to take us down, isn't to set us back. Yeah, it might cost you at first, just the same as, hey, can you imagine if someone right now said, guys... Bitcoin is half a cent uh, a share. It's going to go to $60,000 a share. I want you to pay the price and buy as much Bitcoin as you can right now. Oh, no, you're just trying to take away from me. You're just trying to take away from me. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give to you. I'm trying to give to you. If you knew that the season was going to be a bumper crop, and we're like, guys, sink everything you can into this dirt because everything you put in here is going to reap 100 times. No one's trying to take from you. Then this is God, and as we start to learn to walk with Him and trust Him, we as we start to get His heart, as we start to connect with His heart, we understand that He doesn't call us past. He doesn't call us to take from us. We're not slaves. We're standing on our own ground. Everything we're doing is God's trying to give it to us, and we start to our eyes get healthy. We see the world the way that God made it, and then we can realize that you know what. Hand or not, I'm going for the heart of God. And I promise you, as you go for the heart of God, you get the hand. You, you get the benefits. Uh, Jesus said, as we, we, we read that passage about serving two gods and two masters, well, that goes on in verse 25 of Matthew 6. And he says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. Do you remember I said that the second metric is trust? The second way God that, that, that actually we can see if we're walking in this heart relationship with God is we trust Him. Jesus says here, don't worry about your life. You will, what you will eat or drink or about your clothes, what you will wear, 
Is life not more important than food, the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, uh, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why worry about clothes? Do you not? And this is where it gets cool. This is where it gets cool. Because it's like some people say, oh, God just wants to give you what you need. He doesn't give you what you want. He just gives you enough because he's, you know, okay, cool. Let's just do what the Bible says because, you know, who, who am I? Who? Why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers in the field grow. See how the flowers in the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that Solomon in all his splendor, Solomon, just for the record, was the richest person to have ever lived. In all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, what, so how's that better than the richest person who ever lived, which is here today and gone to and tomorrow thrown into fire? How much, uh, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what will we wear, what will we drink um, for the... What will we eat? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. <laughs> your dad knows what you need. You've got a list there. Like most of our prayer lists, if you're anything like me, I'm not pointing at anyone. It, it, it could be solved with a fat check. You know, there are certain things like cancers that won't go away with money or a son that won't come home from addiction with money, but a big, big whack of it will get solved with a check. And we worry about that. But it says here that for the pagans run after them, therefore, but see, your father knows you need them. Your father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you as well. Get the heart. The hand comes. Don't focus on the hand. Don't focus on, go for the heart of God. Connect with God. Get to know Him. Get to know. Try. Try doing what He says. Because as a love relationship with you and God moves, you start responding to Him. And Jesus said, the way I can see if you love me is if you're doing what I say. And He calls us to this. It's a response to the heart of God. Your Father knows that you need Him, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry. Do not worry. Trust is the second metric. Obedience and trust. Pastor Malcolm always would say to me, trust and obey. Trust and obey. He said, that's the key to walking with God. It's trust and obey. We can't trust God if we don't love Him. We can obey Him without loving Him, but we can't trust Him if we don't love Him. But you put a trust and love together, and obedience is an outcome. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. <laughs> Tomorrow's got enough problems. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Guys, God is calling us to this rich relationship. He's calling us to this relationship where, honestly, all He wants is you. All He wants is you. All He wants is a life with you. All He wants is a life where you thrive. All He wants is a life where you, I love how He says in the Passion Translation, when it talks about David's life, it says here, David, son of Jesse, a man who always pursues my heart, and in doing this, he will accomplish all I have destined him to do. He wants you to fulfill your destiny, that thing in you that drives you. 
that thing in you that keeps you awake, that thing, that longing, that gap. God's like, I've got it here for you. As you walk with me, we will do it. That's what he wants for his kids. I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. Look, let's get every head bowed and every eye closed. And if you're here this morning and or if joining us online and you don't know Jesus, and what do I mean by that? You might have been in church forever. You might have been born in church. But you feel a whole lot like this older brother. God, I do all the right stuff, but life sucks. God, I do all the right stuff, but where are you? God, I do all the right stuff, but I see other people getting blessed and I'm not. And there's an anger and a bitterness there. When God calls you to do something, there's a fight in you. Is that just a no? And, you, and it, you, it's, just, it's just a refusal or sometimes you'll explain it away and tell yourself God understands. You might look at others and think, well, they're not doing it. Why should I? You're actually not connected with God in your heart. Some of you may have never made that connection with God. This might be your first time hearing the gospel. You might have heard it a thousand times. But God is inviting you to make that connection, that heart connection. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'd invite you to join with me. And it's a prayer of commitment to make that connection. Just repeat after me, church. Dear God, I want to connect with you. I put you first in my life. I choose to follow you. I give you my heart. Give me your heart. From today forward, I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I would love to pray with you. You know, if you're here in the building, if you just slip your hand in the air, just so I can see it. Or if you're online, just let us know. We would love to get you some free resources to help you on your journey of faith. I'm going to pray for us all here as well, because I think that this isn't a message that we can deal with just in our heads. I think it's a heart issue. Just open up your hearts, guys. I'm going to pray, and I believe God's going to do something. Lord, we open ourselves up to you entirely. Lord, we just come before you and just, we're so blessed and we love all the stuff you do, but we want you. Lord, even if you had no stuff, we choose you. Lord, I thank you that your hand isn't separate to your heart. And Lord, that as we go after your heart, you're so faithful to give us what's in your hand. Holy Spirit, that we would connect with you in such a deep way that our trust for you, our trust in you would be unshakable. Lord, that we would be able to do the things you call us to. We would be able to follow you so so carefully, God. Lord, I just call this church into a deeper connection with you, a deeper relationship, Lord. One where we're not slaves to anybody, to anything that we are truly as sons and daughters of God living on our own land that you gave us and flourishing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Church, we're just going to worship. I just believe God's just going to keep watching over us and doing some stuff. So let's just, as we, the worship team go, we're just going to, let, let's just see what God will do, hey?